So you're listening to Ergo, right? But you want Ergo and all your other podcasts to sound good. That's why you should be listening on Overcast. Overcast is a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless it's Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Hello. Hey, what up? Man, it's good to be back. I, I bet you feel good. Man. You're listening. How, how, how is the world? The world was treating me pretty good. For those of you who have no idea what we're talking about or who we are, this is Ergo. I'm Kiss. I'm Damon. And uh, we showcase folks reshaping culture of Chicago and beyond for the more equitable and the more creative. But uh, I took a little took, took a little, little jet set out yeah, of here. A little hiatus there. I, uh, it was very lovely. Um... But, you know, this is the longest I've gone without being on the radio. So I was just like walking up to people and like asking them their Belle Bib DeVoe moment. And, like, <laughs> I just I've been really jonesing for an interview. So I'm excited to be back. How have you been, Dame? I've been good. I've been up here uh, <laughs> alone in this room the entire time. How'd that feel? <laughs> it's been, you know, been reflective. Uh, I uh, I walked into the studio today and Damon was under the uh, table in the library. Brushing like, my teeth. Like Tom Hanks Castaway. <laughs> Oh, no, that, no, that was that other movie. All right. We're, but I know what you're <laughs> talking about. Let's get That's back on one. track. We have uh, a couple <laughs> real special guests up here today. But first, some good old community announcements. Shout and out it, to the community. Shout out to the announcements. You got anything, Dan? I do, but I jagged. I forgot to look up the details, but I was prepared to do this. So sometime this weekend, just Google this. This is just more of a community information. Uh, there's a big fight here actually on campus uh, to put pressure on the university um, to disclose its history and relationships to slavery, because a lot of the initial assets uh, came from folks who made a bunch of money off slavery. Uh, you know, you know, kind of like how America works. Uh, <laughs> we're, we're three minutes in, we're already saying America. <laughs> let's, let's get to it. Um, and so, you know, there's a, a, a widespread um, coalition of organizations and folks and students here on campus um, who are working to... Uh, put pressure on the university to account for those harms. Um, you know, there's work to remove monuments of folks, uh, as well as to get that disclosed to see if there are ways to, to push for reparations. So we are always eager to use the university's airwaves <laughs> to discuss what's going on here on campus. So Google just reparations, University of Chicago, and you will be informed. And we'll have more specifics for you coming yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I'll do my homework at some point. At some point, I Bef feel like... Before <laughs> the end of the semester is usually how it works for me. <laughs> a couple other announcements, a little bit more immediate. Today at 6 p.m., uh, there's a rally in Rogers Park at the Howard train station, uh, pushing Alderman Joe Moore to uh, oppose the cop academy that Rahm Emanuel has proposed in West Garfield Park that would cost $95 million. So you can come through, be part of that, especially if you are a Rogers Park uh, community member. Also tonight, down in Hyde Park, about Lincoln Park, we got a lot of parks. Uh, Ergo alum Daniel K. Hertz is doing a talk and a workshop as part of the Public Newsroom series about his new book, um, which which highlights uh, Lincoln Park as kind of the, the, the first site of the patterns and uh, moves and motives of gentrification that we see in other neighborhoods. Mm -hmm. So he has a new book coming out and this is kind of a great opportunity to preview it. And if you heard his episode, like, you know, he's, yeah, he he's about stuff. it. He knows his stuff. Also tonight, real, uh, real urban planning hunk there. Oh man. <laughs> Get, it's, he's real dreamy, real dreamy. <laughs> also a uh, friend of the show, Sam Brown, who was one of the curators of the corner at the promontory for a long time. She, uh, 
she's got a new thing going on at the Silver Room called the Cypher Sessions. Uh, features one of just the best people in the world squeak on the ones and twos tonight. That's tonight from eight to eleven. And oh, then what do also, you got? Also tonight, mm-hmm. um, no competition. Uh, depending on probably your your geographic location will determine where you go. But at the Emporium Pop Up, that's the one more north. Yeah, twenty three, twenty six. I want to say North Milwaukee. It's Milwaukee and Fullerton. Basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The uh, it's the girls, which is Shantae and um, and Essence, uh, who they both DJ and they they promote and space make. They're launching a month long uh, Dollhouse Emporium Pop Up. That's going to be great. Uh, thank you for bringing that back to yep, my attention. Yep, yep, yep. And then we'll, let's make this fast. Lastly, the hood, or a couple more, the hood this Saturday at reunion, Chicago and Humboldt park. I will be on microphone. So if you're tired, not tired of me on microphone yet, come through that as well as Ergo Lum, Xavier Ramey and a whole bunch of other people, including felonious monk who are flying back into town for this. Oh, that's what's up. This is the 17th. <clears throat> no, this is the third. Oh, okay. That's this. Saturday. Right, 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 right. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. I'm getting. I got nervous because I'm supposed to be on one, and I, I got worried that I'm about to forget. All right, I'm not slowing and, down. No and more. then lastly, <laughs> uh, AJ Christian and the rest of Open TV. They're doing a. They're back at MCA for an in progress, showing clips from some of the shows that they're working on, including a show that I've been doing a little work with called Velvet. Um, so that's on Tuesday, March sixth at the MCA. That's all I got. Where I can't believe I had no idea what time of the month it is. <laughs> That isn't even like what day of the week. <laughs> yeah. I think we just set a record for our longest community announcement. Let's get to so it. So we might as well get to our very special guests. These uh, these fine fellows <laughs> are two of the city's most innovative and thoughtful and beautiful musicians. And I just like them. I'm really excited <laughs> to have them. It's not the official intro, but it's what we're going with, folks. Make some news for the make some news and some noise for the Burns Twins. Hello, cool. thank you for having us. <laughs> That's a go. new one. There you go. As we uh, as we always like to start the show on this day, in this moment, in this season, this week. How is the world treating each of you, and how are you treating the world? That's a four part question this mm-hmm. time. Mm-hmm. Just get used to like some corny twin jokes. Like I'm, I'm coming with a mom. <laughs> I'm here for you. Yeah, I'm definitely here for that. I so. promise we're not going to do twin stuff the whole time. There will be, but it will come. It will, it will right. come. Perfect. Yeah, yeah. But let's stick, stay on topic. The world treating you. You treating the world. Me? Well, um, I, I guess the world's treating me pretty well. There are always trials and tribulations, but such is life. Growing up and becoming an adult, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. It's just a lot of wake up. Um, and see what my day holds and kind of in practice. That's what my world's been giving me is practice, mm. which is something that was never, never pushed upon me when I was younger and still doing music. And so now it's a wake up every day and practice my disciplines and then practice discipline mm-hmm. within that. That was really corny. Um, we're here, we're, we live on the border of corny. Great. And then every once in a while we tiptoe over. That's, that's me too. I'm a few blocks away, but I'm close. <laughs> <laughs> You see it from a distance. Yeah. Same alderman. Yeah, same, same alderman. <laughs> and then the other part of the question was treating the world. Yeah, how mm-hmm. are you treating the world? Trying to be more compassionate and just listen more mm-hmm. um, and learn a lot more, which is, which is something that I've always been trying to do, but now it be in depth and really understand um, where my actions will take me and kind of live off of that. Mm-hmm. And you, young man? Um, could you ask a question one more time so sure. I can process it some more? Thank you. Uh, this will be on the final exam, so make sure you're ready. <laughs> now, how's the world treating you, and how are you treating the world? So I think uh, for sure the world is treating me very well, which means that I don't always feel good. 
um, because mm. I'm learning um, how to love myself and how to be, um, I don't know, just learning about priorities and boundaries and really learning interpersonally in terms of friendships and things mm -hmm. and in terms of the discipline of me taking care of myself mm -hmm. um, because I am, yeah, I'm, I'm young. We're, we're 19 years old and uh, I, just, yeah. I think I'm learning, uh, I'm learning a lot by doing <coughs> right now. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, what's up? Are you hitting my leg with your leg? Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I, I think we're yeah, in a, I don't know. that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, I think I mean, we're, we're a little precarious on here. Um, of being both uh, ageist and twinist. So we're going to try to to not do that. Um, but who was it that, <laughs> I like that term. Yeah. Who was it that we went really in depth about twins with? There was someone who we had, I can't remember who uh, it was. I know that it's, I know that it's a woman and I know that it was a fraternal twin. I'm picturing the face. I feel bad right now. That's fine. So we're not going to make you like do the like, well, do you have telepathy type thing? <laughs> but I am curious, uh, kind of, whether it's a, a twin thing or a musician thing or a, or a brother thing, uh, as, as you're building this discipline, as, as you're learning how to make in these different ways, what are some, some moments recently where you were really grateful to have someone else who could hear something the same way you did or a similar way you did, where you didn't have to like explain like what you were trying to create or, or it, does that work for y'all? Yeah, absolutely. Just good I question. mean, I Thanks. think we, because we were raised on the same music, basically, there's a lot of ideas just in our in our work process <clears throat> that um that will come up organically at the same time. So it's like, why don't you do this? Oh, I was already gonna do that kind of thing. Or mm -hmm. like, what do you think goes next? This. Oh, perfect. Me too. Mm -hmm. Um, and that kind of I don't know. I it's it's the nature versus nurture, and the nurture has definitely changed the way we work together, mm -hmm. um, as well as the nature. But it's like it's really nice to be able to work with somebody who. Um, I guess kind of shares that specific type of intuition when it concerns production yeah. and arranging and actually just like performing. Yeah, which has been really nice for me at least. Yeah, yeah. Does that that ring true? It does ring true. I think um, right now it's interesting because um, we've been you know together living together all our lives, and we're also starting to find new influences that each other aren't finding. Mm. Um, that were so it's definitely some differences in there, but it's um it's a lot about listening to each other and uh kind of agreeing, just agreeing on things or compromise, a lot of compromise right now. What kind of what kind of stuff are you finding that one person finding and then bringing to the other person that you weren't like coming to together? Let's say we could say musically, but also just like in the world. In the world. I'm gonna look through both. You wanna go ahead while I figure out what I'm thinking of? Um <laughs> yeah, I gotta think. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. Yeah. I mean so um, I think that one of the things that's really different between me and my brother is that I like to follow a lot of those crazy like Instagram musicians mm -hmm. who are just nuts. They're just, I mean, they're musical, but they are more machine than music sometimes. It's like show, like the shredding, like people doing, you mean like the, te the technical? Like the technical stuff. stuff. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting because I like to translate the chops over to a significantly more musical kind of perspective in music, which is sometimes difficult to do when it's a bassist. Um, named Derek Hodge, who is also one of the most musical players ever. Mm -hmm. um, and his new album has been really cool. Um, and then one thing that Eddie put me onto that we grew up on is getting back onto the Earth, Wind & Fire Greatest Hits. Mm -hmm. um, that has been just completely throwing me for a loop and like I have to sit down and listen to it again. And like I want to like remake that music. Mm -hmm. And so that's one thing that Eddie's been like really awesome about. Like We get in the car, this is what we're listening to. 
Yeah. So let's let, let's go all the way back. As you said a couple of times, like the music we grew up on and, you know, you've done a few other interviews where you talked about that music in the house growing up in your dad. But for those who don't know, like what's the what's the soundtrack or, or, or what's the vibe in your house growing up and your entry point into even thinking about music as something to take seriously? Um, there's a few few musicians and albums that have always stuck out to me. Um, Phil Akuti was a huge part of our upbringing mm. all the time. Um, I, the first songs on my iPod were the whole Phil Akuti album. And that took up all the memory on the iPod. <laughs> all of, all of the iPod that was like the size of my index. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's a small iPod and the songs are yeah, 30 minutes yeah. long. Exactly. It's yeah. a tough combo. 13 minutes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then there was a lot of Nora Jones and India Ari. Mm-hmm. Um, Kind of Blue was the Miles Davis. Miles Davis was a really big thing because our, our dad's a trumpet player. Yeah. Um, and so before I started playing trumpet, it was, I don't know, it was odd. We grew up a drummer and then turning into a trumpet player. We grew up knowing like the main parts of trumpet concertos just from hearing them so much. Hmm. Um, but we never like sat down and listened to them. And our dad was never like, learn this. It was yeah. just, this is in your head. Now you have to take it and learn. Yeah. And, and so what was the... Um, and I was kind of alluding to your to your pops there. What mm-hmm. what kind of stuff does he play? What was the where was your comfort in relation to his musicalness? Like, were you around when he was practicing? Were you around? Were you going to shows all the time? Everything to, <laughs> for better or for worse. I'm yep, sure. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, like traveling shows, practicing um, people from music business. And the interesting thing is, he is not in any way connected with the scene we are connected mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. everybody's like well oh you know your dad's a musician so that's must must how it, it, it'd be like that yeah it, it's not um and one of the interesting things was like kind of finding our way into it ourselves mm-hmm. um and then also being connected to this like contemporary music and, and baroque musician community that we were raised in mm-hmm. which is very different from we're lucky enough to be raised in and it's a very different community than what our peers have been raised in. Yeah. This is the second week in a row. Someone's brought up Baroque with the Shaleen yeah. interview. That's really interesting. Yeah. She's like a visual artist and she's like, I'm a Baroque artist because she's doing all this really cool stuff. Anyway, go back and listen to the Shaleen episode. Um, so, you know, I'm hearing these really uh, dynamic and maybe even unique experiences y'all had as young folks and seeing y'all in the last few years, like be in the mix and be kind of like these cool kids, you know, was there any time where that felt, not cool or felt like isolating to have these really rich cultural experience, but they still are distinct from like what your third grade, you know, when they're listening to Britney Spears or well, y'all are probably younger than that. <laughs> I always think like Britney Spears is like the reference, um, but you get what I'm saying. Yeah, like yeah. being kind of um, disconnected from the, the mainstream in ways that have helped you now, but was that ever a difficult transition? Like, did y'all like have cable? <laughs> yes yeah we definitely did it was a very like two-sided upbringing um in what sense um our dad our our parents came from two very different places um Mm -hmm. and our mom was born in north shore and moved out of the city and lived a block from where we live now Mm -hmm. um went to the same school as us um and our dad is from suburban massachusetts um and it was a lot more of a working super hard get to New York, get to Juilliard, get to Paris, all that kind of thing. And our mom was working super hard, but it was go to college, go to, go to graduate school and then work. Yeah. And that's a very, it's a very different path, mm-hmm. um, which definitely was telling um, in our upbringing, but it was never something that kind of threw us for a loop because they're the community we grew up in, um, which is a very difficult community. 
um, which is, 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 is a very upper class private school community. Um, and so that was our mom's upbringing and our dad's upbringing was completely different in a public school setting, um, in a, in a much more middle-class family, Catholic oriented community. Um, and so we had, and then our dad left that community, Mm -hmm. um, became avidly Buddhist, um, very, very practicing and, um, we kind of were mixed up in a lot of different really great things and in difficult things. This is one thing that was nice is our bringing had a lot of complicating aspects mm-hmm. simply because of where we came from. Yeah. Um, but that was our parents. We were, we were lucky enough for them to raise us, showing us that this is not always a good thing. Yeah. And it's not always simple. Exactly. I mean, that's, that's the city kid thing, yeah, right? Absolutely. Which I think about a lot is even if you grow up in a city with money, even in a, hyper segregated city even in a bubble city where you have your pockets and your wealth you're still in this like you still just an awareness that someone else exists mm-hmm. it help, i think no shout out to cities man. if you're rich and you want your, <laughs> if you're if you're rich and you want your kid not to be crappy maybe raise him in a city maybe i think it it, it helps a small <laughs> yeah. amount so we'll, we'll get off the <laughs> We, let, let, we can we can zoom forward and fast forward. Do you have anything on that? No, on that no. stuff? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so let, let's jump into the music a little bit, and then maybe we'll we'll work backwards from sure. there. Mm-hmm. Um, in kind of in that same spirit of in this moment, mm-hmm. um, what are y'all really excited about? What are you making? You know, the the song that people heard up top is off the mo- like the most recent stuff that's come out. Um, so yeah, talk a little bit about the series of EPs you got going on. We're getting real radio-y. Radio E. Promo. Yeah. Tell us about the project. <laughs> the project. So right now, um, uh, Elton Beddoes and my brother and I have another EP coming out. It's the uh, kind of second part to uh, what we released beforehand, Sun Shower. Um, and it's just, it's, a, it's another EP that I think is the most, probably the most unique, um, new, different style of music that we've ever put out um i'm very excited about it it's definitely darker um but also a little bit more accessible to some folks but also still uh experimental Mm -hmm. um and so um i'm really in terms of the burns twins about my brother and uh, elton and Beto's. that's what um, we have coming up um yeah i've also been working on personally a lot of oh my's things Mm -hmm. uh, which has been a thing that uh i joined the group about a year and a half ago Mm -hmm. oh shut up i didn't know that that's what's up (laughs) yeah um and so i'm really excited about um oh my's things and i've also been working with my one of my best friends omar apollo who's from indiana who is one of the most talented loving people i've ever met and uh he is going to be coming out with the ep that i'm so excited about that i'm helping out with yeah yeah and and you and you anything you're anything just on the on the new projects and stuff like that yeah excited. i'm really excited i think it's a it's a different sound as as elton has said before the first release sun shower is probably what you would expect sonically from a collaboration between elton burnswins and Beddoes. um and so this next one i think is going to throw some people for a loop um and i think people are going to really like it at the same time cool <clears throat> from there i kind of want to take a wider view and talk about how collaboration works in your lives, right? Because obviously, like, you've had lifelong collaboration with each other, musically and otherwise. But just the way that you guys' name gets evoked a lot, it's, it's, it's you know, a lot of partnership, a lot of cooperation, a lot of space sharing that, that I'm hearing. Yes. Um, and how has that 
influence your creative process and what are you learning about life from that? Cause mm-hmm. this, that's such an important concept, not only in like our creative communities, but like politically and in the world, we're trying to figure out how to be less individualistic and more collective and interdependent. And so I think you guys model that really well. What are some, especially at such a young age, Thank what you. are some things y'all are learning, uh, from being like, uh, habitual collaborators? <laughs> um, I think a lot of times in collaboration, you, in my experience, um, how the words you use to describe certain, um, the words you use to describe not ownership of the music, but your relationship with the music and your collaborators relationship with what you're making is a really important thing. Um, because a lot of times, um, things can get, uh, confusing if you're not, you know, talking about your relationship, how you feel about what you think you're doing with the other person. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think, yeah. What are you, no, just um, to, to, to yeah. kind of like clarify that, and I want to make sure I get this right. It's mm-hmm. like it's not just having the collaboration, but also like setting the terms of that very explicitly together, and everyone like being very intentional and understanding like what it is we're doing here, not just like it's this yeah. loosey goosey thing. And I, and for me, it's not it's not about ownership of the music, but I think it's um, at a certain point you know if you're just making a song with somebody you haven't talked about you haven't talked about anything you really haven't um you haven't talked about who wants to release it what name it's you know under um i just think it's always good to be open and always good to be listening um in these situations because a lot of times um you, you know it can be really exciting creating something beautiful with somebody um but i think making it about the music and making it about the message and not forgetting that is a, is a really important thing um, because a lot of people, you know, want their shit, want their stuff. I don't know if I can swear. Sorry. Technically, no, but we got beef with the FCC. Big so beef. I apologize. <laughs> don't apologize. The FCC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Um, but don't let them know. <laughs> yeah. My bad. Sorry. No, no, no. <laughs> so, but, and we don't have to get, you know, specific as much or as little as you want to share, but mm-hmm. I, I do think you, you mentioned kind of whether it's musically or just in the world, like learning through experience is definitely the mode that y'all are in right now, um, which can be really tricky. Um, so not just like what are the lessons you've learned, but I guess I'm asking is like, how have you built comfort in that experiential learning? Like, do you feel fluent? Do you feel able to do that now? Or are you still learning how? I think so. Definitely always still learning. Yeah. Um, and especially now where we're young, and um, I think this is a big change. I mean, this is not what I was expecting to be doing. At what did you I, expect to be doing? I thought I was going to be going to school for literally 15 years. I wanted to be a surgeon. Um, well, and I was still, when I when I came to that conclusion, I was 13. And I was still, that's from the beginning of really when I started studying music intensely, way before I started producing. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I was just set on the fact that I'd go to college and medical school and then um, do my like surgery intensive and all that stuff and then be a surgeon after 15 years. Um, that was definitely my goal. And now it's completely different. Do you still want to cut people open? Um, well, <laughs> I wanted I wanted to go into the subsection of putting people back together. I wanted to do trauma surgery. Mm. Um, so That's a little less worrying. Right. <laughs> I um, feel a little better now being in this small room. With this <laughs> Sometimes, I guess. Yeah. But I guess I, what, I'm, what I'm getting at is like, I don't know. I feel as if our fluency with this experiential learning has become a lot greater. And we've also become a lot more understanding of what it is to be an experiential learner, Mm -hmm. which is not always an easy thing. Um, Oftentimes people think, take 
overall learning for granted and in the fact that you just take in the information. But with experiential learning, there's always a, there, there can be a consequence or can there, there can be a result of your actions. And that's something that's significantly more real to me because it's, it's, it's real life. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. Why it's do crazy, we tell kids to make up their mind of what they want to do before we know what we're good at? <laughs> like it's it's not like don't have goals or like but you don't know your skills you don't know how like like when you're 12 or 13 you don't know if you're gonna have long arms short arms like there's there's so many different variables i'm still growing you know i still don't know if i'm gonna have a, a taller body or not yeah we don't know what we're suited for yet and we start making like you know potentially you know hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of decisions yeah at absolutely. like 14 and 15 years yeah. old yeah. or you know and either in debt or otherwise and that's just crazy to me like you know, me as somebody who wants to play basketball, like I'm, I'm like people who know, no, I'm pretty good at basketball, but I'm 5'10 on a good day, you know, with like regular arms and not a freak of nature, you know, like you have to have irregular arms to play basketball. So why did somebody, yeah. Right. I'm actually really glad you brought up 5'10. This is a complete sidebar. I woke up this morning and I'm curious if any of you, because we're all roughly the same height here. Yeah, we have, same, and you're same general, within, same general eye level. Within the five, eight to five, ten and a half yeah, range. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Do you ever wake up yeah. feeling short? I woke up today and I realized for the first time in a long time, I was like, oh, I feel short today. Oh, I, you know, as a point guard, I've always had that that fear about, you know just <laughs> walking around with giants so there there are days where i'm like hmm, i feel a little bit taller yeah i've been like working on my back posture mm, mm. doing deadlifts and shit so i can get it i'm like i'm losing some centimeters here let me <laughs> <laughs> let, let me strengthen this core up so i can stand oh, as tall as possible how about y'all do you ever feel short oh absolutely yeah um i was oh. one of the shortest people in my in my so our school was k through 12 so it's 14 different grades but in high school i was probably one of the shortest people in high school until my junior year and even then i was the shortest kid in my grade for the most of the time the good news is is that you still have all the kindergartens in the building so you don't feel that short <laughs> exactly it's perfect as long as they don't get past you you're good yeah you know um but then i started growing and i'll wake up some days and i'll feel tall as hell mm -hmm. and then some days i'll wake up I'm like damn i'm i'm short and y'all are not done growing no we are not isn't that wild to think yeah. These these two these two men are not done growing. I don't think so. Yeah, that's pretty strange. On that note, let's hear a song, then we'll come back and we'll talk some more. This one is not off the EP, but I really, really, really like it. It's the one you do with the mind. Uh, it's called No More. Oh wow! Yeah. Shout out to the homies. And uh, let, let's hear that, and we'll be right back here on Ergo WHPK ErgoRadio.com.
burning from the smoke. She been cooking all night. I should put a logo on the cloak, you know, pretend I'm draping something nice. You said it's the man that makes the clothes. Hand stitched and always sewn. I prick my finger, pinning his verse. I guess it's not the blood that makes his clothes. But you wanna be just like my family did. I'm still pitching underhanded. Fundamentally flawed, and I know it's hard to stay with me. Sail with me, run away, just run away. That's why I sit on this floor and talk to myself. You know you need the help, but continue to wonder, hell, damn, what the hell? You always on and off the drugs. I'm always on and off this rug. I'm done pretending it's a magic carpet. You need this love, and I ain't gonna force it down your build if need be. Maybe you don't need me, but I ain't just gonna let you leave me. So if you choose to, I've always known you or knew you. up here being culturally insensitive but it's a good thing the mics were off <laughs> just that kidding just kidding work. just kidding <laughs> you're listening to ergo whbk ergoradio.com that was no more by burn Twi- burns twins and Bedos featuring ergo alum and just all around gem the mind yeah, yeah. what a smile <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, that was a really warming smile yeah he does when he smiles he does. i'm just so happy yeah <laughs> nah, but that joint was really dope um my question is so you but kind of in relation to what yep. i said a while back about you guys being like developing this mastery of collaboration um, on a more realistic level. And then on the dream level, who are some folks you guys are looking for to, to work with? So like the folks who is just like, it hasn't happened yet. It's more of like a logistics thing. Mm-hmm. There's some connection there. And then the like, you know, I want to talk with Miles Davis type thing. <laughs> are we doing for, for, for what we're hoping for? Is it, is this dead or alive or alive? Yeah. I'd say, so let's do three. Let's like, do three actual, like people who you're like, we've been talking about it or we really want to reach out and they're maybe in the city or contemporary ish. Definitely. And then three that are just like random ass, the people in your dreams that you totally, um, in the city, definitely no name. Mm-hmm. She's such a huge inspiration and she's just, everybody's like, she's an amazing female rapper. And I hate that because she could body any rapper. And she hates that as well. And she, yeah, I would, <laughs> I would assume so. Cause she literally still, still bodies everybody. Um, and then, um, I think that that's one. I was just, gonna that's one. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, do you have anybody on the top of your head in the city or in general? In general, let's do, let's do in general. Um, Rex Orange County. Mm, yeah. Not familiar. Why does that name sound familiar? He, uh, he's on Tyler's album. Tyler, the okay. creator's album. Yeah. He's a really cool indie artist from England. England. He's okay. just really cool. He's really random. But he's yeah. great. Yeah. Cool. And let's uh, throw one more out there. Um, let's go all time. Anderson Pack. Mm-hmm. 
I love Anderson Pack. That man yeah. is amazing. I study his live shows just because mm-hmm. him and his band have such a great synergy. Does he? I've never seen him live. What's it like? Nuts. <laughs> <laughs> he plays the drums and raps at the same time live. I was just talking to someone about how rarely you see people who are vocalists and drummers at the same time. We were having that conversation together. It was us, right? Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. So, we, so far we have Anderson Pack and we have Kevin Malone from Scrutonicity on the album. Smino, oh, Smino. Whitney had does it. Oh, yeah, the lead singer of Whitney. Oh, the Chicago band. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. And Smino could do it if he wanted to. Yeah, he could. If he really wanted to. <laughs> yeah. So let's go back into some of the, and again, we can stay vague or we can get mm-hmm. specific um, into some of the ideas around this like collaborative thing. You know, we spent a lot of time up here talking about how um, in things that are not explicitly political, just the politics of the world come into play. Right. So, and when I say politics, I don't mean like who gets elected. I mean like relationships to power. So mm-hmm. in, in learning how to navigate that in a city that's fraught with those things and in a creative community that's fraught mm-hmm. with all kinds of tension and exploitation, mm-hmm. um, less like what have you learned and more just like, how is that process going? And you mentioned listening a lot and I know that's kind of the, where y'all are at in it, but yeah, how has that process been of like trying to figure out how to navigate this world as musicians and as humans? Absolutely. I gotta think about my answer. Oh, okay. Um, That's a nice thing about having a partner. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I'm definitely the more wordy of the two, mm-hmm. just because I like words. And my my we have our a best friend who we consider a brother and Eddie, and he liked to call me Miriam referring to Miriam Webster's dictionary <laughs> um, during conversations. If I I employ a word that's just erroneously large like like employer or erroneous yeah exactly <laughs> a perfect yeah exactly um but on the collaboration thing i think one thing that i was really struggling with because when you work with your brother up until a certain point and no one else mm-hmm. it's like having your parent as a teacher it's really easy just to or a coach or something yeah. or a coach exactly <laughs> as, as a, a a figure of leadership that's not familial yeah. um where they're imparting wisdom on you in a in a in a setting that is different from the family life. Um, it's really easy to get angry hmm. or really easy to snap back and really easy to just kind of lose your temper or, or just kind of go off a, a certain platform. Um, but when you're collaborating, it's really important. And this is what I've learned a lot is listen. And, and I, I've said that before, but also like ask why yeah. and allow your, your collaborators to provide them with the reasoning before you shut them down. Do you think the quickness to that emotional response, because that really resonates with me, mm-hmm. is because you know that push comes to shove, the person will still love you? Like, you don't yes. have to be as careful because yes. you, you're like, this. I, I'm not at risk of losing this person. Absolutely. And I think it's it's hard to put up barriers that aren't already there. So an example, this had kind of happened in my life. Uh, shout out Jennifer for folks who know me and know the show, know who she is. She's my partner and so we worked together in an organization so we were having a meeting on thursday and like it was kind of like some confusion and i felt like she was and we just had like this real tense thing mm-hmm. that like wouldn't happen with anyone else because there would be mm-hmm. this like barrier of like um like you know when you're being formal you, you don't want to hurt you don't know someone or you don't want to hurt their feelings you kind of have this and you want to protect yourself there's this like informal or this formal thing that you put up yeah. kind of like when you're performing or trying to look cool to somebody yeah, yeah. Yes. and so when it's your mom oh man me and my mom we you know when it's your mom <laughs> when, it's your, when it's your family like you, you you can't put an artificial barrier that is that is not there mm-hmm. 24 hours a day 
But it's also on the flip side, at least for me, it's so much harder to be as intentional and as thoughtful in like conflict with family than it is. It's so much harder to do that than it is with like people who I'm making something with or who are friends or who are like, because it's more real. And there's just so many levels of like, like mom in 12th grade, you you came to the school and embarrassed me. And this feels just like that. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. (laughs) A lot of references. There's references when working with your sibling. It's like, well, remember when you did that? Yeah. Remember when you uh, did me dirty like that? And then it's just a back and forth. Yeah. So how is, so knowing that the two of you can kind of like hit and hit back and not lose each other, um, and then realizing that not everyone's going to be that way. How has that process been? Um, and again, you don't have to get into specifics, but in learning that the hard way, um, what are some like lessons from that that you would take into these next class, next set of collaborations, whether it's these EPs with Elton and Beddoes or, you know, other, other collabs. Um, I think it's uh, some of the lessons I mean, of course, we talked about we talked about listening a lot, um, but I think people get really, um, including myself at times, get we get really possessive with ideas or with where we think this the beat or the song should go, and I think it's really important to just let people record their things. Mm-hmm. Like someone has an idea, put that down. Does it mean it has to be on the song in the, at the end of the day? No. But also, like, just letting people put everything they want down, putting everything down. Because a lot of times with him and I, I'm like, no, like, don't put that down. It should be like this. It should be like right. this. But um, but I, if you hear both, then you can make a choice together as opposed to, like, shutting down even the possibility of you being wrong. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And I think it's really good to also ask questions. Like, mm-hmm. do you like how I'm playing this? Or um, what if you were to play that like this? So what if we put this down? And also, what if you did it like this? And so I think it's just letting all the, putting all the possibilities on the table instead of like a lot of, I took improv in high school. Like, yes, and is really mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. You don't want, you don't want to Is there an know. alternative universe where you're like a, like Chicago improv kid? Um, <laughs> like a, you're like at Second City, you're like at IO, you're like really into improv. I would love to do a Chicago music scene improv thing. That would be fun. That's pretty cool. But that just came out of nowhere. So, <laughs> so I don't know. That's just made that up right now. But but you're saying the the yes ending of people's musical ideas. Yeah, musical ideas and all ideas. Yeah. Um, and also, I just think what a thing I've learned. I don't know if this is directly related, but when you when someone comes into your space or you're going into someone else's space, so whether it's my basement or it's someone else's studio or someone else's session, like reading the room on you know how how they're feeling or reading the energy of the room. Um, so if I go into someone else's studio, someone else's home, someone else's whatever session, um, and they're really quiet, they're kind of just, you know, they're more distant than not. I think it's just really important to read that um, mm-hmm. because it's it's really easy. Um, it can be easy for at some points just to like act how you want to act be how you want to be but it's really important because especially when making music and it's really it's a really it's a compliment someone goes into your space you go in someone else's space you're vulnerable you know what i mean it's not just you're just recording things it's this person is like opening up and giving you the time of day with their energy and you're giving them the time of day with your energy so it's really important to read a room yeah um and and just talk talk first don't you know just be a person. Yeah. You know, that's, I like that idea of like 
that being part of the listening process. How about when you're not going into a, like a musical collaboration space? So really what I'm asking is like, yes. how's the like turning into a person going for you guys? And, and specifically, like I, I said specifically, I don't have a specific, but like, where are y'all at in the like growing up process and this like turning, making a life thing? Yeah, I think um, I'm in, I'm in a place where um, I'm trying to kind of put, be present in my in my lens in a sense in terms of like I'm trying to I let a lot of things that happen to me or like a lot of experiences with other people like rule me Mm -hmm. um and I think I'm have a lot of perspective now um in terms of just being uh one with myself Mm -hmm. um and I also think that I'm much more aware of myself going into spaces that aren't natural to me. What do you mean by that? Like what kind of spaces? Um, like for instance, like artistic spaces, or if I'm the only white person in the room, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I think that me five years ago, it's much different than me walking into a room now because mm-hmm. I think I'm definitely thinking about how I, you know, where I am in the room. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think I think I'm actually in the opposite situation. Mm-hmm. Because um in the last few years, I mean like I guess the, the high school is way way closer than I think. Um <laughs> I guess in the, in the halfway through high school um I started being okay with being alone. Mm-hmm. Not in the fact that like oh I'm alone or whatever, but <laughs> it was like I found solace in being alone and in reading or listening to music or making music or just watching something dumb. Mm-hmm. Um and so that became something where I was significantly more introspective than I thought I would be, um, which is great because it, it taught me a lot. And now with this whole aspect of collaboration and being part of a community, it's a really important to be an upstanding person and show up for your friends. Mm-hmm. Um, and however much I like to be alone, now this is like for me, instead of letting myself rule myself it's and it's not about letting other people rule my life but it's about being a lot more community oriented and 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 showing up and really being involved Mm -hmm. um and that's something that that's pretty pretty big on my path to becoming more of a human Mm -hmm. um yeah it's easy for me to be alone it's harder for me to be with people people and that's like one thing that i really think is important is to um make yourself uncomfortable yeah yeah so let's do you have any okay. piece on that? I mean, so I'm thinking about, uh, you know, I, as like I kind of prefaced it about like understanding the Chicago music industry, at least, and then also community as being, you know, not outside of the systems of power that exist in the world. And in many ways, like replicating and and giving certain people power over others. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you explicitly mentioned, you know, learning how to be more and more comfortable being the only white person in a room, especially in a creative capacity. Um, I'm just curious, like where, where I, I, I feel like we're talking in a moment where y'all are like two thirds of the way to a next step. Right. And I don't know what that next step is. So that's why all my questions are like, where are you at with this? Mm -hmm. Because I think it'll be really interesting, whether it's a year or two years or whatever, to go back and, and see like the the gears that are turning Absolutely. right now for y'all. So in relationship to that, um, 
in relationship to your, you know, whiteness, and then the, and not just. I knew that's when you get to talk a lot. I knew whiteness was covered. You got to white. Let's let's get to it. Go ahead, man. But not just in just general, say it. Just say it in relationship <laughs> to to whiteness in the context of the city and in relationship to the Chicago music scene. Yeah. Um, what do you think you understand now that you didn't understand five years ago, and what do you still really not understand? Oh, I'm trying to figure out how to understand. Five years ago, I would have never recognized the privilege I have. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And we were immensely, immensely privileged. And so I think that's one thing that was at first was never on my mind. Cause you know, you're just, I, we were definitely in a, in a bubble mm-hmm. and now it's something that is really important to me to, to wake up every day and understand how lucky I am and, and what my, my person holds mm-hmm. simply because of the way I look and where I come from. Um, and so that's really something that's important with the way I, I hold myself in a space mm-hmm. um, because there are, inherently systems of power simply because of the color of my skin and i never ever want to make anybody uncomfortable because i am i am the white person and white people have this system systemic power right. and so it's it's going into a situation where you're open and you are you're you're accepting and you're not sure like you're not scaring people away because i i tend to do that i have a resting angry face <laughs> so people come into sessions and i'll be sitting there like hey like how are you it's good to see you they're like why are you mad <laughs> yeah. I'm, like, well, I'm not mad i'm just i'm not ex- like expressive in my face sometimes yeah um and Isn't so it funny that like we didn't have a term for that until like five years ago <laughs> but people have definitely had a resting angry face and resting bitch face for as long as they're as long absolutely faces. Yeah. yeah absolutely um and so <laughs> and it's just resting. like they were just all written off as that <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so like i never want to make someone feel uncomfortable because of the way i look and i i know i i do and i can because i am white mm-hmm. and so it's about being actively accepting and verbalizing what I do have. Mm-hmm. And I think that's really important. Mm-hmm. Accepting of what? Others. Of, and, and so, and, you know, in addition to like the physicality of privilege, right? It's, it's the, the access and uh, like, you know, the, the power is more the, than the physical. Certainly. Um, and so I, I hear you guys like working towards a, um, a greater awareness of mm-hmm. privilege. Um, with that, you know, even as, you know, masculine, right? Like not, there's not even just, y'all not just white. It's like yeah. white We're men as well. Yeah, uh, and so I can, you know, relate on that tip. Uh, what responsibility are you starting to understand that you should have or should seek to have um, in relationship or in balance with, the, with those privileges, you know, in, in how you're maneuvering in, totally. in your community? Um I started to realize this when I started going to protests, which is I will forever stand in front of my friends of color and use my skin privilege to make sure they don't get hurt. Cause that's one thing that I really fear all the time. And I'm damn near getting choked up about it is like, um, I, I, I mean, that's only even one thing is like, I, I never want to see anybody I love get hurt or care about or anybody in general. I hate hurting people. I'm however much me and my brother tussle. I am definitely a pacifist and there are only very rare times where I will fight. Um, and that is one of them. Um, yeah, ab- absolutely. One of them. So the idea of like protecting people from, from harm and, and being a like intervener is one way that that can, yeah, that makes sense. And How as we- a, uh, you know, as a man in the Chicago music scene and music scene in the world, um, you know, in this music and in general, there's a lot of, a lot of men that I'm around a lot. You know, you, you can't really 
not be around men who are, you know, use language or say things or that are, you know, hyper masculine. Um, and I, and I work with a lot of, um, artists that are women, you know, and, um, I think a lot, a lot of times around these men, you know, they'll say female this, female that, um, and things in language like that. And I think it's also just having discussions. I talk to a lot of these people about, you know, why did you use that language or like, you know, or why, you know, just really talking about language and talking about, um, the connotation of their words. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's interesting, right? Because not everyone, the the way that we were, one of the things that we were saying when the song was playing was that we always know when we're going to be talking to people who are primarily instrumentalists or producers that like the pace of the interview and the, and the flow of the conversation is going to be different because y'all are folks who don't speak a lot. Yeah. Primarily express yourself through words. So yeah. it's interesting to hear you say like the intentionality of language and in thinking about some of the stuff we've been talking about with collaboration, like that seems like a, a real fertile ground to be a, an, an intervener is <laughs> like when you see people's ideas getting pushed aside or you see, you know, whether it's, you know, around, I mean, we're talking specifically in the context of like of, of women's ideas getting pushed aside in collaboration mm-hmm. or, or opportunities is one thing, but like when you're in the room. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. I don't know how that works in, in the like looseness of an artistic collaboration. Certainly. Uh, Cause that's really different from the, like we're writing a, a an essay or we're, you know, leading a protest mm-hmm. it, cause it's, it's so much more like ethereal already stuff i i don't know how y'all could i don't know how to do it so i'm curious to see how y'all keep figuring that out i just think it's worth asking that, that that's all i was thinking about you got anything you want to bring no, to you, the conversation no, yeah you, no i thought you asked oh that wasn't uh, no, that, that was, was my a, question that was just a thought oh okay i'm out of practice y'all. <laughs> <laughs> i was yeah. there speaking italian and, and, and so Spanish. i can't speak English. i think um I don't know. This is almost starting to sound like advice, and I want to ask <laughs> no, a question. But but I think what I twenty um, <laughs> what, what 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 I hear, you know, because I think I, what I'm excited about today. These are one of the few times where like I don't have a real relationship with who we have up mm-hmm. here. So like I, I've been in the room with you guys, and I, I know who you are, but we've never like, hey, what's up? Yeah. So so I, I'm 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 glad for that. But what what I hear and what I see. And my perception mm-hmm. uh, is that not, not only is it like a, a, a skill that you guys have, but there's a lot of access to space. And it feels like very soon you got and all already will be making space. Um, and so in thinking of that, um, like before you get to the room of when it's only one woman mm-hmm. or it's only like one person of color, right? Like um, just as the, the power that comes with space making on top of the mm-hmm. systems that we are given. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, who's going to be in the room? I think that is where you guys can like on this journey mm-hmm. um, have the most impact because um, you'll be able to shape spaces. It's even like sometimes we use privilege as like a, a dirty, nasty word or it's this burden that uh-huh. we wear. It's like this this weird like reverse scarlet letter. Uh, mm-hmm. But that's why I, I talked about responsibility. Um, because, yeah. you know, I, I see the Burns studio complex in 10 years being built <laughs> somewhere in the world, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and how that space maneuvers and activates and in the way that you can then teach other folks with privilege or not how to engage because of the power that you have in the space that you guys created uh, is something to think towards. But yeah, that again is not a question. Well, that's, I have a question. <laughs> no, but I appreciate that. No, I appreciate that. Very much. Thank you. So you, you see the burn studio complex. I'm curious for y'all. Did, did that sound real or did, did I just I like put it out idea. my ass? I don't know. It sounds, it sounds intense. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like a lot of work. It sounds like a lot of paperwork. Yeah. <laughs> But for y'all, like if you were to, let's say 10 years, we don't have to be like, what's the, what's the complex look like? But like, what's, when you're performing, what do you want the room to look like? What do you, where do you want to be playing your music? Who do you want to be hearing it? 
everyone everywhere. It's I, this is a, this is the idea of accessibility. Um, is that like there's just certain types of music that go down. It's like a it's like a spoonful of sugar helps medicine go down, and I want our music to be that spoonful of sugar and the medicine. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's super corny, and I like that. No, I think that's cor- <laughs> I think that's that's uh, that's one we might take. <laughs> Great. Um, and I just think like um, you know, I've always like I think or be- wait, do you just want to be the spoon? Right, because we think about the medicine or the sugar, but it can't go nowhere without, without the spoon. Without the spoon, the Burns Cutlery Company. <laughs> exactly. There you go. Um, I just feel like I mean, it's always a really cool idea, especially for like we grew up as live Sport performers. Game crazy. <laughs> Sport game crazy. Um, <laughs> but it's like I love to be playing arenas, but I want those arenas to be filled with everybody. Yeah. Not just people who are nineteen and twenty years old, able-bodied. And have the money to be there, but anybody and everybody who really loves the music and loves live performance and loves experiencing something different. That's very real. That's very. Um, we got to get to our game, but like you just you just struck a chord with me. I've, I've never really talked about publicly. I uh, there's something about you know how like racial capitalism has enabled whiteness to have a higher ability to consume, and how that drives black culture and hip hop. Right. And so like going to uh, uh, like going to like the Kendrick Lamar concert at the United Center or seeing like Chance at Lala. When you were at Lala. Yeah. Yeah. And and just uh, and that's why I, I really liked um, Amane's Tiny Desk. I don't know if y'all saw what yeah. he did that was like, if you ain't black, don't say it. Right. Like that mm-hmm. that type of responsibility and not to like take a stab at, at Chance or Kendrick, you know, shout out, you know, th- they do their thing. You know? <laughs> but but, you My know, two favorite. <laughs> but what what I would desire, right? Like in that moment, as a a black person who grew up on hip hop, and it's like a a central part of not only my identity because I listen to the music, but like how I was able to navigate my actual neighborhood and like actual people in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want my artists to protect me more, Absolutely. right? And so like hearing a hundred thousand or hearing ten thousand white kids f- joyously say "nigga," oh uh, my god, that makes me die, <laughs> right? And, and it's cool. and, and like. You know, it's different as performers who, you know, are not black, but that type of stuff of, of how do we even make sure the audience looks different Absolutely. and just the person who could pay the highest yeah, ticket my, is the person that's getting catered to. My little cousin, um, he, he's not actually a cousin, but he's like, See, he's like, you know how it goes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like two months ago, it was like, so, you know, in your music, he, he doesn't really listen to my music, but in general, he said, so do you think you're going to stay uh, politically neutral? Uh, he asked that question, and I said, absolutely not. You know what I mean? And I'm not saying words. And most of my, and a lot of my collaborations, you know, it's, it's um, you know, mostly people of color, men and women. And, yeah, and just the act, just because we're running out of time, the act of, this is something that Bob said. He's like, even if the music isn't talking about, the, like, the act of creation, putting it out and having these kinds of spaces, that is a political act. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off. No, cool. And there's just one thing that I, I neglected to say, which is like, you see people on stage and you hold them to a high high esteem. Mm-hmm. And in those 10 years, I want to be on stage with all of our collaborators. Mm-hmm. Um, because seeing two white kids on stage isn't going to give anything to a young black kid who, I mean, like representation is so important. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think that what's really important for me is like we could be playing our music with tracks and have no one on stage and just be us playing our instruments. But that doesn't give as much to anybody watching as if you have all your collaborators on stage working their asses off. And really showing that this is a possibility and this is a this is a future, yeah. um, and of that, the of that collaboration. Yeah, and so there should be representation on the stage and there should be representation on the on the on the floor. Word. So two last things. 
before we get to the game, we I want to just we, make sure we include. No, we should, we, okay. I think it should happen. Right. Uh, is anything you want to plug? Because we didn't really give you the spot up top. Upcoming stuff. Where can people find music? We'll do it again at the end. But I wanted to make sure we got it. In Absolutely. Um, our collaborator Beddoes has his first show under his name um, at AMFM on March 9th, I believe, um, which is going to be super dope. Um, and then um, our uncle Thelonious Martin is going to be at East Room on March 8th. It's going to be a dope event. Mm-hmm. You probably won't catch us there because we can't get in. <laughs> um, but that's definitely that a move. <laughs> right, you know. Um, and um, stay up for for some new releases soon. I'm sorry? Oh, also, if you haven't heard it, our, our friend Sam East, he's an amazing Korean-American R&B singer, came out with his new first single called Often, and he has the most beautiful voice, and you have to check it out. He's a beautiful person. He's, he's, he's a gorgeous human being. I can't... Like, we've never had a manager whispering in here before. Yeah. I feel like we just hit like a new level of commercial radio. That's pretty good. Also... This collar on this athletic shirt. I wish people could. See. He has like a, a like a workout shirt. No, he's bringing with a back the turtleneck. <laughs> he's bringing back the turtleneck. Look but on, look on our Instagram story. There will be a picture specifically of only the collar. <laughs> uh, so I'm, I'm really intrigued. This is kind of like a, 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 a different position to this game. We like to play it every week, and this is a cornerstone of our show. We talked about power a lot, mm-hmm. uh, and with that comes accountability. Certainly. And so there's a sect of the world that has run amok in my lifetime, and and I'm reeling them in. Week by week here on Ergo Radio, WHPK 88.5. And those people are R&B singers. <laughs> so every week we invite our guests to start beef with an R&B singer. Because if you think about it in hip hop, there's like this built in accountability. Yeah. If you're like too wet, either like you won't get hurt or there's going to be a diss track that's coming, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, absolutely. Like somebody's going to put a stop to that shit. We have to put a stop to what's been happening in R&B because it's so beautiful and we need it. So in yeah. any era... From Motown on down, so like David Ruffin to Tory Lanez, any R&B singer, beef and why, Burns Twins edition. Oh, man. And you guys have an ear, so like. Let's think about it. <laughs> Does Kiss count? Ooh. You're oh, gonna, you're you're gonna, 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 you're you're gonna get off my airway. You're gonna have some problems in here. That we was get... just a question. I never said I wanted to start beef with Jadakiss. That was just a question. You can count it because I'm curious. Why Jadakiss? The like, outfits. He's not a well-dressed man. <laughs> you can I accept agree. that. I agree with you. <laughs> that was just a that's, that's just a thought. I'm not saying. I mean, I want to hear from my brother first. Yeah, this is curious. I'm curious. Who do, who do I want to? Hmm. Beef that like can it can it exist already? Can the beef exist already? Yes, not not between me. But oh, can other, someone else have initiated the beef? It's a generally known thing. Yeah, 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 for sure. That they cannot, you know. Yeah, for sure. Oh, let's think. I like that you asked that question without a follow-up. <laughs> you just so want they, to know. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm just I'm curious. Keeping my options open. <laughs> yeah. um, like, why is Chris Brown so famous? Classic. Always. Absolutely. We can always throw in a Chris Brown He's selling paintings. No hate, but he's selling paintings. He's a painting racks. This is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous. That's a real great addition to the game. I had no idea that Chris yeah, Brown was. He got booked paintings. on the time oh, have, Joiner Cruise, and I'm like, I'm trying to get some pushback. I have some beef. <laughs> I promise like, you, you I do. Um, Usher doesn't give his music directors enough credit because I've watched a ton of videos of his live band and live show, and they're nuts. Shouts to Adam Blackstone. He's the like the best music director ever. And uh, he doesn't give him any credit. And they deserve it. 
Usher's head toward the rafters of this. Yeah, game. yeah. Uh, Usher is getting up there. <laughs> so when we talk about growth and learning. I've, I've really had. To- R. Kelly and Chris Brown are like their jerseys got. We brought their jerseys back yeah, down. Yeah, they still, have, they still have active duty, but they, they are the reason this game exists. Oh, yeah. Usher's, Usher's moving up the ranks. Run at he's it. going for the Hall of Fame he's, with R. B. B. The Kobe. <laughs> he is the Kobe to the Bible. Justin Timberlake's new album. I have beef with that. Yeah, album. Yeah, 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 with yeah, the yes. country album. Yeah, yes, yes. All right, I feel, I feel satisfied. Do y'all feel good? I just Mark Marin this. That's like how he how he ends all his episodes. You feel good? <laughs> <laughs> so where can they find you on the on the webs? Um, at burn burn uh, at Burns Twins Music B U R N S. You spell U U H Y E H U A. Um, um, so Burns Twins Music B U R N S Twins Music on Twitter, Instagram, Burns Twins on on Facebook. You look up Burns Twins or Elton or Beddoes B E D W. B e d o w s. Wow, I can't spell. Um, on but any you can, streaming you can use sources. Big words though. You, uh, right? you are erroneous in your spelling. Exactly. But you employ a nice vocabulary. <laughs> <laughs> Damon got me. Flawless, you may be flawless or lawless. Might have to dress up just like a cop or in cuff. You cut all the nonsense and let me love you. Don't see no gavel, need not judge you. Let go your grudges and trust. This has been a process. It's still a process. Eliminating all the time spent thinking about past shit you passed it. And when that bullshit arrived. Take off the hate to the side, cause that's the perfect combination with your burgers and fries.